childhood years in an orphanage and then struck out 1,330 times on his way to 714 home runs and baseball immortality. She was fired from her television reporter's job and told, you're not fit for TV. Now she's one of the most beloved and successful women in memory thanks to her use of TV. He was fired from the Grand Old Opry after only one performance and told by the manager, you ain't going nowhere, son. Better get your job back driving a truck. She was unable to hear or speak, but her perseverance allowed her to overcome her handicaps, and she became one of the most influential women of the 20th century. He wanted to climb Mount Everest, and after three failed attempts, finally succeeded. People said, you've conquered the mountain. And he said, no, I've conquered myself. He lost his job and then was defeated in his first attempt to obtain political office. He failed as a businessman. He suffered a nervous breakdown. He failed in his first attempt to go to Congress. Then when he was finally elected, he lost his renomination. He failed twice when he ran for the United States Senate and was defeated for the vice presidential nomination. But in 1860, he was elected our 16th president, and today he is considered one of the greatest presidents in our nation's history. He tried and failed for one and a half years of painstaking experiments before he finally succeeded in finding the right material to ignite the first light bulb. Out of his struggles, though, he also created the phonograph, motion picture camera, and projector, and dozens of other groundbreaking inventions, and over 1,000 patents. Wow. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and tell him, don't you quit. Don't you give up. Say, I'm removing, I can't, and I'll give up out of my language. No hablo espanol. I don't speak that stuff. Yeah, I do speak Spanish. But I mean, we, I don't say... I can't. And don't say somebody else cannot. You're going to. If you have your Bibles, look in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to finish this on love. And next week is Father's Day. And then we'll continue into uh, the, something else. But I want just to reread this to you as we go into it today. I believe it will be a blessing to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We've been speaking on love. And I want to start from verse 1. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. I want to apologize. We don't have the PowerPoint all the way together today because of so many things. But uh, how many of you know we've been doing the old-fashioned way for over a thousand years? So if you brought your Bible, we could do it the old-fashioned, good old way. Amen? Hallelujah. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels... But have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I have my body, I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. And verse 4, we study these words. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. 
does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Verse 8 says, love never fails. We've studied all of this word by word, verse by verse, section by section, because this is one of the most powerful things that we're getting a revelation here, that if there's something that can change lives, maintain lives, build futures, change us, and that's the love of God that has been demonstrated through Jesus, and that love of God through the Holy Spirit that can help us enlarge ourselves and, and reach and be something and believe things that we can never on our own. So one of the definitions of love, love's fortitude, it means to remain under a heavy load. The word endure. Love endures all things. Say that with me. Endures. Love endures all things. Or in other words, it stays under the heavy load. How many of you know that when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, He was under such a load of our sin and our punishment coming upon His physical body that it says that He sweat great drops of blood. When He was upon the cross and they were crying out, Why don't you save yourself? Instead of speaking up for himself, he stayed upon the cross underneath the load of guilt and sin for you and I. When the thief by his side said, if you be the son of God, why don't you save yourself? And it would have been easily. He could have called down 10,000 angels. But he stayed underneath the load of the world, their sin in the past, present and future, so that you and I can be saved. So love remains or endures under a heavy load. It is strong. It means to remain under a load no matter how long it takes and no matter what else is piled on top. It endures no matter how long it takes. And if more things, have you ever felt like when it rains, it pours? More things are being piled on top. But if the Lord says through His Word that I can endure it and that He can give me the strength that is able to make me stand that I'm going to stick my faith, that I'm going to believe God, that He is going to give me such a love and a strength, that I'm going to be able to carry the load that's trying to pressure me. And what I say is killing me is going to make me stronger. Every one of them men and women we saw up there, and there are so many more, and you're one of those who are not under but above, and you're the head and not the tail. You're one of those who are going to have a story to tell of the load that was crushing you But you reached out, you kept on confessing, you didn't get under discouragement, you didn't give up, and because you continued, even when it seemed like more bad news on top of bad news or circumstances was being piled up, you continued to press on because your example was Christ who doesn't quit and doesn't give up. This word also means love is the stuff what true martyrs are made of. It's where we get the word endure means it's where we get the word martyr. It means it's not I that live, but Christ who lives in me. It means I'm willing to just sacrifice myself, my hopes, my dreams for a moment that someone else reaches out and get theirs. That I'm willing to surrender where where I am and where I'm going to help somebody else get to where they're going. And that word there to uh, sacrifice or be a martyr, you could find in Isaiah chapter 53 where Jesus was led as a lamb to the slaughter and he opened out his mouth. They ridiculed him. They despised him. They bore down on him. But yet he didn't open his mouth and he considered it a joy to continue on to pay the price so you and I can go free. And listen to this. It will not let us off. It will not let us go. And it will not let us down. That's endurance. 
Song of Solomon 8, 6 through 7 says, Love that is stronger than death and love that many waters cannot quench. You know, Brother Neil, Brother uh, Neil and, and uh, Chantel just lent us a, a video called uh, The Heart of Texas. And I want to encourage you to see if you didn't see it. And it's a story about a Vietnam vet. He's retired. He's living in Texas. He has his family. He has two children. And one of his children is a four-year-old, beautiful little girl. And he's a great guy. He's got a heart to help people. And he passed by this shack where this real poor family was living, this African-American family. And he went by to start helping them. He started bringing them blankets because it was cold, helping them in different ways, and started a relationship with this man named Willie. Well, a little time passed by when he got a phone call that his four-year-old daughter had been hit by a hit-and-run driver on the road. Four years old. Well, they checked it out. The police started investigating it and come to find out that it was this man, Willie. Didn't know he did it. He heard. He remembered hearing a bump, but he don't remember hitting or anything. He didn't hit and run. He hit, but he didn't run on purpose. And this man went and got Will and his wife after Willie found out what he had done. He had killed this man's daughter. He went and bought him clothes so that they could go to the funeral of his daughter. And underneath the green tent and with the green carpet and the chairs set up, the father of this child that was killed had this family sit by them as family in front of the casket of his four-year-old daughter. And he, it's videoed. He kept his arm around this man who murdered his daughter the whole time. And when the police brought it to court, he went and he said, this man's innocent. He didn't know what he did. He didn't see, see my child in the road. And then after a while, he says, you know what? I've got to do something else. And he got people together and they built this family. The man who took his four-year-old, they built them a brand new beautiful house, fully furnished, washer, dryer, appliances, and everything, and said, just come move in and leave everything you had where it was. You don't need it anymore. Now, that is an endurance of only... Now, you may say, I would not be able to do that, and I understand the mom and dad... Still weep when we talk, talk about this on this video. But that is a love and endurance that is willing to get to the position of a martyr. Where Christ, you told me to forgive. And they said, you know, so many people could talk about forgiveness and so many people preach in forgiveness. It's not a choice. It's something we have to do. And so you watch that video and, and, and they could tell you about it and where to get it. That is one of the most powerful messages. We as Christians, we're not the weakings weaklings of the world we're the strong ones of the world and so when we have to endure things it's because we're going to see god is going to bring glory and something through the endurance that you're having to endure now listen to this i love this translation it means to hold firm even when you're shocked has anybody here ever been shocked all of a sudden your husband comes in He's 60 years old and he's got a tattoo or earring. You expected your teenager to have that. But when he came here and he's got his shirt unbuttoned to the belly button and a big old gold chain and you think the mafia's come home and he's got a diamond earring in his ring and he's 64 years old and you go, honey, what's up? Oh, babe, I just want to be cool again. Honey, you never were cool. And looking like that, you ain't ever going to be cool. 
But have you ever been shocked? I know a dear family friend of mine that when he told his mom that his 14-year-old girlfriend was pregnant, she actually passed out on the floor. Ever been shocked or did you ever shock anyone? Mom, I'm pregnant. Dad, I'm in jail. Can you come bail me out? Have you ever been shocked about the news? Did you know something happened? Have you ever got shocked? We're repossessing this or you're laid off. Have you ever got in an area where you've been shocked in your life? You know, Sister Flo has a son who's in Angola and she gave me permission to share this. Her son has been in Angola for 12, 13 years and is facing maybe another 30 or more if God doesn't do anything. Imagine the shock she went through when she found out he's going to Angola. Hard labor. The nightmare of any person, but especially of a mother for her child. You know what Sister Flo did? Instead of saying, oh my God, I'll never see my son again outside of the bars of Angola. He'll never live a normal life or be able to visit his children like he should. You know what she did? She started a prison ministry. She endured the shock and decided, if the devil thinks he can shock me, I'm going to shock him back even harder. If the devil thinks he's going to stop me with this news and it looks like, you know... The devil thinks this is going to wipe me out. I'll never speak for the glory of God again. I'll never love again. I'll never have hope again. If the devil thinks he's shocked me to be a hermit, I got something else. He's just provoked me to stand up and say, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of this trial, I know that my Redeemer lives. And instead of this blowing me away, it's going to cause me to stand. And there are people here, you've been shocked. That your wife says, not only am I leaving you, but I'm leaving you for another woman. Or a man, I'm leaving you for another man, or I'm leaving you for another person, or for our best friend. Or your child, I'm addicted to crack, or whatever it may be. There are things that shock us. And at the moment, we feel like we're going to die. But you get a hold of this scripture and say, Lord, you wouldn't have put it in the Word if you're not able to confirm your Word with signs following. And I need a sign, and I need a wonder, and I need a miracle in my life because I've been shocked to where I don't think I can take it. It fight. I have to fight for every breath that I take. The knock on the door, your child, or the phone call, your child, we found him, he's murdered. She's killed. Been an automobile accident. The shock and the pressure. Because we live in a cursed world. And many of you here, you've heard things, seen things, found things that you wonder, how am I going to live through this? But the Word of God says, love is endures. Or in other words, you hold firm even when you're shocked. Even in the hard times. Romans chapter 5. Look there with me if you don't mind. Romans chapter 5. This is one of my favorite scriptures is being a missionary. I want to read this in the Living Bible. This is verse 3. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. It says, we can rejoice too when everything's going good. No, look what it says there. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. 
And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. He fills us with that love that is able to help us endure. This scripture has meant so much to me. Love helps us endure. When we go through trials and tribulations, it says that it builds, develops endurance. And endurance develops strength. How many of you know, if we never had a fight in our life, we'd never be able to fight the good fight of faith. Do you know that maybe one of the reasons sometimes things just don't happen when we want it to happen is because it's like when your five-year-old wants to play with your gun or your knife. Or how many of you know you wouldn't dare give keys to your five-year-old or eight-year-old because they don't know how to drive? Sometimes we endure some things because it's not that God is saying to no. God is preparing us with strength and character to receive what he's promised us and what we are holding on to in our heart. You may be believing God for a child or a mate. You may be believing God for, for a situation that's going to change. And you wonder, how are we going to live through this? But I want to share with you that when we go through endurance, it's not just about our story. But it says in the book of James that Job endured because he trusted and believed in the mercy of God. When we go through trials and problems that we have to have some endurance... It builds an area of mercy in our life that causes us to be more Christ-like, more strengthened to love others and help others who are having to endure so they don't give up because thank God He came through me and that's the reason I didn't give up because I trusted. And God built something more merciful in me because I went through that. For example, if you are fighting or if you fight kidney stones, I'll pray with you, I'll anoint you, and I'll pray for the gift of faith and working of miracles. But if you really want to be prayed for, you ask somebody like Brother Guy Ellis, who has been through that numerous of times, and all the ordeal of enduring the pain of kidney stones. And when you go up to somebody who's been through it and you say, will you pray for me? That man knows how to pray for you. When you talk to a lady who says, Will you pray for me? I want to have a baby. I haven't had a baby and we've been married over 10 years. And that the lady you want to pray for you has 10 babies. She'll pray for you. But you go ask somebody who has a baby that had to pray 10 years for the baby. And she'll pray with you. Because she's strengthened in that area. She knows your pain. She knows where you walked. And she's got a mercy for you. People are always asking me to do funerals. I don't like doing funerals. But people ask me to do funerals because I lost my parents. And when I do funerals, I feel their pain. I'll stay up nights to prepare a funeral message because I've been there. But in everything and through everything that we have to endure, because sometimes we do have to endure things, hurt marriages, But then God turns you into a praying machine with a depth of mercy, a depth of strength, a character that is able to pray heaven down and bind the powers of darkness like a general in the army of the Lord. When you've lost a child and someone is saying, I need somebody to pray with me. And you haven't lost a child. You hurt for that person and you pray for that person. But you find somebody like Sister Jeannie. Or you find somebody like some of the people here 
who've gotten, or who, Sister Luella and others who have gotten that phone call and lost children. And you say, my child's just passed away. I need somebody to pray for me. Holy Spirit sends the right person to say, I know how you feel. My husband just told me he wants a divorce. This Friday makes 27 years I'm married. I'll pray for your peace and I'll pray for you and I'll love you. But you get somebody who's been through a divorce and ask them to pray for you. And they'll pray the heavens open because they know what you feel at night. They know what you feel at the dinner table. They know what you feel when you're sitting across the table and the lawyers are trying to rip you off of what belongs to you. They know exactly what you've been through. They know the agony of waiting the year. They know of all the hopes that something's going to change. It's just something about people who's endured something. And that's what's so important about the body of Christ. Because when you've endured something, you are able to help people who are going through the same thing. And you can say, listen, I lived through it. Can't even tell you exactly how I lived through it. Can't tell you the secret of what got me through. But I can say this. I got a hold of a promise of God. I got a hold. The Spirit of God filled me when I was begging God to kill me. He says, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to give you the strength and the power to endure and press on. I am going to turn this problem, this test, into a testimony that I do care for you. You're just going to go to a new level of understanding of mercy. To help others who feel like this is a merciful-less world. I remember. We had to pray for a child for six years because it seems like we couldn't get pregnant. Her, she couldn't get pregnant. I, I don't get pregnant. <laughs> God gave us this child. And leaving the hospital, come to find out his hips are all wrong. And they put this contraption from his shoulders all the way down and pull his leg, his legs and his knees into his chest. And when you go around with your your cart, your baby cart, you got them covered and people want to uncover them and they see them in this contraption. And they go, oh, what's wrong with him? And we leave the hospital with him in this contraption and we're saying, Lord, we prayed six years for this child. You endure and you believe God. Then he turns two years old and my wife calls me in the bedroom and says, Russell, come see him. There's the signs of a huge hernia in, in, in a certain area of his body. And we go to the doctor, and the doctor sends us to the surgeon in Argentina. And the surgeon says he needs operation right now. It's very dangerous. We go home, and we lay him on the bed, and we pray. And the Holy Spirit says, fear not, I'll heal him. But two weeks go by, and the evidence is still there. And you hold on to the Word of God. But then after two weeks, you check him out and the evidence is not there. And he's 21 now and he's never had a hernia and he has no evidence of a hernia. And it's things that you endure. And then our second son was born. At 18 months, two years, he's not normal. Things start happening. As he got older, start running into brick walls and having to bring him to the hospital, have stitches. And down there, I'd have to hold him down while they would stitch the back of his head, the front of his head, do different things on his body. They come to find out he's autistic. Had a cinema school where they sent school for retarded children and pick him up uh, three days a week, especially on Wednesday nights, and then go stand up and preach after being in, in that place and hearing different things and seeing different things. And all the different things we went through. We endured through that. But thank God, by enduring through that, things started changing. 
And God started working. And God totally healed that boy. And now we can say that our boy, for years now, have been healed and winning awards and is normal and going to live a normal life. But you see, praise God. This is what I'm saying. I know we used to sing a song, Lord, just build me a cabin in the corner of glory land. But Jesus didn't say cabins. He says mansions. But on this earth, we are building faith houses. And I can tell you something. Every time that we had to believe God for something and endure through something, another beam was put up in our home. And I can now, when I go through things and I have to do things, I've got some experiences now. When there's some symptoms that come up in my body, I remember when I had malaria in the jungles. And I went through all that and God healed me through that as I endured and stood my ground and believed God, I am not going to have malaria the rest of my life. When my eardrum got an infection, my eardrum exploded and I was deaf for a month. And I played the guitar with the vibrations on my arm and I had to preach with my wife telling me to speak louder or lower because I was totally deaf for a month. And green stuff was coming out of my ear that it spread to this ear. And all the pain and everything that I went through that, I endured through that. But you know what? My Lord healed me of that. And every time there was a healing, another beam was put up in my home. And that way, years later, when we had to pray for our two-year-old boy, we had to pray for our artistic son... We had to believe God for the healing of liver. We had to believe God for finances. We had to believe God for safety in a burning airplane. Every time we had to go through these different things, I could walk my spiritual house and say, Satan, you see that beam right there? It's got Cody's name all over it. The doctor wanted to do surgery, but my God came through and that beam says he's my healer. You see that beam? That beam right there says that God gave us a house and provided a home for us. That beam right there says when we didn't have a vehicle, We trusted God and God supernaturally gave us a vehicle when we need it. You see that beam? That was when that was going through autistic. And all of a sudden, I don't only have a one story house, but the more I had to endure, I started working on my second story faith house and then my third story faith house. And before you know it. I've got a castle. I've got a fort. And when the devil comes and says, you're not going to meet your needs. You're going down. You're going to be a failure. You're going to mess up. Things are not going to change. I say, devil, just take a walk with me. Oh, let me get out of here. Let's take a walk right now. I got that beam. I got that wall. I got that support. I tell you, he is my support. You just, the Bible, you just keep enduring. My child did this. And they said he's going to end up this way. He's going to end up in jail. He's going to end up dead. He's going to end up this way. This marriage is on the rocks. This marriage is over with. I have no hope. Wait a minute. If you say, but pastor, I don't have no experiences. Just go to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just go to Joseph, who was 17, 19 years in the prison. Go to Abraham, who was barren. We couldn't have nothing till he was 100 years old. If you don't have an experience yet. That's why the Word of God says, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. If you don't stay in this Word and endure, you ain't going to have much faith come to you because you're going to give in to disillusionment and disappointment. And you're going to get to the point where you say, what's the use? And you've got to say, in the name of Jesus, I can leap over a wall. I can run through a troop. When the news is shaky, 
When things seems like, you know, I, I ain't going to be able to make this. I can't take this much longer. You've got to say, but bless God, the Lord God is the strength of my heart. Whom or what shall I be afraid of? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can I hear an amen? amen. Your endurance benefits others. The definition also means the actor quality and power of withstanding hardship and stress. Paul said in Philippians, I've learned in this area to be content. I've been beaten. Not once, but three times. I've been prisoned. I've been shipwrecked. But I've learned in all these areas to be content. And when he wrote that, he was chained in a sewer on the bottom of the palace in chains. And he had an hour of light a day. And what would he do? I'm not through yet. I rejoice in these chains because it is for your benefit. I'm enduring this so that I can teach you about endurance. I'm going through hardships because if I can do it, you can do it. If I can tell you that in the midst of chains and I've got a death sentence on me right now and they're talking about killing me and there seems to be no hope for me and it seems like oh, all hope is lost. If I can endure through all of these negative things and not knowing if I'm going to be alive next week, but if I could write you one letter, I would tell you, I'm not through yet. It's not over yet. And I rejoice. If they take my life from me, I'm just going to be with Jesus. But I want to be an example of mercy and that my faith is strong in my God that I am not going to give up regardless of the hardships and trials. You know, I know you love a message about waiting. Look at your neighbor and say, my favorite message is patience and on waiting. Tell. Now repent for lying. Go ahead. Repent, you old dog. You know you lying. You don't want to wait. Nobody wants to wait for nothing. This is not the, the message that wins the awards. I don't want to hear about waiting. I rebuke waiting. I rebuke patience. I don't believe in tarrying. Listen, it goes on to say, it's the action in the face of difficulty or opposition. It's a course of action in the face of difficulty, opposition. Could continue under resistance or adversities in life and to carry on in spite of hardships. It's the word Marcos Tumos, and it means long-tempered, long-passioned. It's the word where we get our word thermometer. How many of you know sometimes, how many of you ever turn into the Incredible Hulk? Did y'all see Hulk where his watch had a pulse rate on it? And when he was getting in dangerous territory, well, endurance calms the heart rate down so you don't turn into that old green eye monster. Endurance, standing strong, holding forth. Let me just read to you Hebrews 6.12. That you be not slothful, but followers of them through faith and patience inherit the promises. Do not be slothful, but, and that word there means to go, to grow disinterested. Listen to me, church. To grow disinterested. That if you grow disinterested, disillusioned, disappointed, 
So many people go to church and they hear a message on hope and they think everything's going to change tomorrow. And you keep coming back and keep coming back and it seems like things are not changing like you would like them to change. So it's easy to get disillusioned. And that's why so many people, when they first get saved, they're all excited. Oh, hallelujah. Everything's going to change. Oh, it doesn't say things change through salvation. It starts with that. Things continue to change through patience, endurance, and the good fight of faith. Paul says, I don't fight like one beating the air. In other words, if I don't have a target, I don't call it a fight. If I ask God for something and he just gives it to me, where's the fight in it? If I ask God for something, he just gives it to me right away. Where's the faith in it? Because we've just read faith and hope are the things we hope for, even though we don't see the hold in our hands yet. So it's through faith and endurance and patience. We keep standing and we keep believing God for it. Amen. The Amplified Bible says, in order that you may not grow disinterested. Become spiritual sluggers, but imitators behaving as those who through faith, they're leaning on the entire personality on God in Christ and absolute trust and confidence in his power, his wisdom and his goodness. The Bible says, lean not to your own understanding. That's when we get disillusioned and that's when we get disappointed. God, why haven't you done this yet? No, you got to trust his wisdom. He says the timings are in his hand. He says, I know when I'm going to do it. Can you trust and believe till I do it? Do you trust me? Do you trust in my wisdom? Do you trust in my goodness? Oh, I love you. I love you enough to keep the tears from your eyes. But I also know I need you to be strong and I need to teach you how to endure. You know, sometimes we sound, we are the body of Jesus Christ. But sometimes we sound like some of the flakiest, weakest people in the world. You know what? You want to know some people keep telling me. And Sister Ann, don't get upset. People keep telling me, you need a Facebook. Why? Facebook to me sounds like soap opera. Oh, I went through such a hard time today. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Everybody puts their thoughts out for other people to read and to speak. Let your needs be known to God, not all the world and the Internet. Now, I'm not against Facebook, but I'm telling you the truth. People get on the Facebook and they tell all about their problems. Oh, would you please pray for me? Look, we got an intercessory chain for that. Sometimes it sounds like we're crying to one another where the word of God says, endure. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. I know that, but God knows what you're going through. And he's saying, endure. Don't speak It says, hold on to your confession. I have won the victory. I am winning this battle. I am the hill of the Lord. I do have my marriage. My home is sound. I am blessed. I am not losing my mind. My mother is healed from from, uh, all the hot timers. Whatever you're going through, make the salvation 
plan real in your conversation and let the power of God ignite your words that your words will not return void because you're standing upon the word of God and I will not compromise my thoughts. I will not compromise imaginations. I will not compromise the solid truth of the word of God through an experience I'm going through right now. But the word tells me that when I hold sound my confession of faith that God has something to operate in, open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon me in my life. Come on and give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. By practice of patience, endurance, and waiting. This is Amplified Bible. We're inheriting the promises. Patience. The practice of patience, endurance, and waiting. This verse 15 says, So after you have patiently endured. Say that with me. Patiently endured. You have obtained, you have obtained the promise. Can I hear an amen? You've obtained the promise. Let me just leave you a few things this morning. The best way out of difficulty is through it. The best way out of difficulty is through it. And, and listen, what you going to do if you quit anyway? What you going to have if we quit? Where are you going to go if you quit? The best way to go through disillusion, just keep going through it. The best way to continue going through disappointment, pass over on the other side. Don't stop, give up, quit. Throw up your hands and surrender. Just press on. It may mean you may have to come to church more than once a week. Ooh. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It may mean you may have to pray. It may mean you may have to fast. McDonald's. Chicken nuggets and french fries. It may mean you have to fast TV. And if you're, if you're fighting a fight of faith, news is not the best things for your ears. Listen to this. The man who really wants to do something finds a way. The others find excuses. Amen, church. You really want something. You really want to do something. I love that movie, Love Dare. If you're going through a rough marriage, get the video, get the workbook. Fireproof, I'm sorry. Fireproof. Don't quit. Just stay in it. The man who really wants to do something finds a way. Finds a way. How I many know when you wanted to win that wife or husband of yours, you found a way? Didn't you? Only one man said amen. Come on, man. Y'all better say yay and amen. <laughs> man, when you wanted to win that woman over, did you try? Did you try? Oh, God. <laughs> Woo! I got to endure through this. Help us, Jesus. How about you, ladies? When you wanted to win that man, did you try? Did you try? Okay. Men, we got to try harder. We're doing a lousy job. Amen. I heard a few of y'all. Oh, my God. Listen to this. 
This is for Nate. Stopping on third base adds no more to the score than striking out. Stopping. I made it to third base. Well, that didn't make any score. You're getting better though. I was glad to make it to first. (laughs) Listen to this one. The last time you failed, did you stop trying because you failed? Or did you fail because you stopped trying? We saw those videos today. They failed, but they never stopped trying. Wherever you are in your life, don't quit. Faith either moves mountains. I love this. Or tunnels through it. Sometimes you got to get like Jacob. I'm not letting go till you bless me. You may be supernatural and you're stronger than me. But I fought enough coons in my life that I'm going to hold on to you. I've handled enough calves in my life to where I've got me a hold. And you could hit, you could break my hip and do whatever you want to. And I'm going to limp for the rest of my life. And they'll say, look at that old limp man. I said, I'm going to tell you where I got this limp from. I wrestled an angel of the Lord and I didn't let him go till he blessed me. And it might have cost me my macho walk, but I tell you what, I got a blessing and they'll talk about me for the rest of my life. Sometimes if the mountains don't move, you go through it. Perseverance has been defined as sticking to something you're not stuck on. (laughs) Perseverance is sticking to something you're not stuck on. Well, you know, I'm not stuck on listening to that worship music. Well, you can learn to get stuck on it. I'm not stuck. You know, it's just not in my routine. I wasn't raised going to church. You can learn to go to church. Amen. Listen to this one. It is often the last key on the ring that opens the door. I think some of us may be there. How many have tried every key? How many has got 400 books and you've done every confession? You've listened to every tape? You've been to every seminar? How many have done everything you know to do? There's still another key. God knows and we reveal the key that's going to open the door that you need revealed. Amen? Hallelujah. You receive that? Well, I'm off to stop there because this will just go on and on and on. But let me just tell you a few things. No, no, no. I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't keep you. I won't keep you. I won't keep you. Just, just encourage you. You give me that? It's our first day on the internet. Y'all need to act happy. I mean, who's going to tune in to something that, oh man, help, got to endure this. What does the Bible say we're to wait on? Wait on the Lord? To wait on His presence? To wait for His glory? To wait for revival? To wait for outpouring? To wait for revelation? To wait for understanding, to wait on the Lord, to wait on direction, to wait on the light, to wait on the promises, and not quit, and not get, listen to this, don't get an attitude, because it's not coming. We saw something on TV last night, a little girl got very impatient, and she was doing that with her finger. 
Have you ever done that? With God. You're reading the Bible. You're sitting in church. I know that preacher said that. But when's it going to happen? When is my back going to get healed? When am I going to have money? When am I going to have peace? When is that old man I'm married to going to change? When am I going to get that new job? Where is everything they talk about? Lord, where are you? That's the attitude God owes me. I get impatient with people who owe me. Ask any businessman. You get impatient when people owe you. Many times without knowing it, we get impatient with God because we think God owes us. God does not owe us. God is good and merciful to us. We owe Him. And so the reason it says you go through experience and experience strength is because it says that builds character, which I quit this and I start this. Even through it. Let's stand. Let's stand.